Wonderful. Hey, can we put our hands together for the worship team? Um, let's give these guys a round of applause. Father, this morning, I just thank you for what you've already done in this place. And God, even now as we come into the next segment, Lord, I just pray once again, Lord, that you would protect the hearts and the minds of everyone that was here in 8.30. Father, right now, I pray right now that you would just, just, just deploy a legion, Lord Jesus, of angels around this building and around this city. Father, that what we are doing in here wouldn't just be contained to these four walls, but would indirectly impact as an implosion of the kingdom, Lord Jesus, would touch the city around us. Father, right now we speak to depression, anxiety, fear, lust, insecurities right now that, that, that are in places around us, Lord. And we just pray that you would meet with them and break that off, people. Anyone in this room right now, Father, I pray that is coming in as tormented, or in any other way, shape, or form is walking in a lifestyle or a mentality or a motive other than yours, Lord, I pray that right now you would begin. We give you free reign, Holy Spirit, to just flow through this place. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, it's a privilege to worship you. God, forgive us where we've made it about us, about the, the dialect, the song, the timing. The drums are too loud. They're not too loud. Lord, we repent. And Father, we just thank you for the privilege to lift our hands and lift our voices and just magnify your holy name. God, I thank you that your promise is, is that you inhabit the praises of your people. And God, I just thank you that you are here now. Lord, I just pray that salvation would come in this morning. I thank you for activation all over this room. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. It's dangerous to start praying in the midst of a seven-day prayer and fasting season because we could go all service. Why don't you take your seat? Um, hey, man, I, I just want to say thank you again to all our services team. Uh, I arrived at about seven o'clock this morning, which is a little bit late, but you know, the majority of our team was already here. The host team, the worship team were up here doing what they were doing. Uh, most of you all hadn't even had your morning coffee yet. Um, so one more time, can we just give a round of applause to everyone serving? We thank you guys, and uh, truly is a team effort here at Presence Church. Are you good? And uh, hey, we had a great service, uh, just gone, a, a, a full service here at Presence. If you're visiting with us, obviously under um, the COVID restrictions, obeying the laws of the land, even if my personal self doesn't agree with them, um, uh, we are limited to how many people we can have in here. Let me qualify that. Um, I agree with them to keep people safe, but I think we should be able to gather. When you can have 30,000 people in a stadium, and I, I'm all for rugby league, um, I think you should have, be able to have more people in church. I'm just saying. Anyway, I want to see the All Blacks win yesterday. All the Aussies are like, get out of here. Hey, um, let's, let's become Christian again. Hey, uh, so... So I just wanted to bring you up to date over the last few weeks, uh, in fact, last month, in fact, or last two months, we were speaking around uh, the miracle offering and the giving into the church and got an email from Rhonda who looks after our accounts this week. We actually saw just over $49,000 come in for that. So we can give ourselves a round of applause. That is a, that's an amazing effort. And I say that to say um, within the next three weeks, we believe there's a few containers that are being uh, waited upon from China that will be sterilized um, with some foam. Our playground should be in, so that's going to be a, an amazing day for, um, for anyone that's under 10. Let me stress under 10. Kent, you can't go in there. Uh, and, and so the other thing that's really cool and, and I've shared with you is um, for the first time I think in, in the life of us being in this building we're actually putting uh, our 7 meter 800 millimeter um, worded sign presence church will be stuck on the building in the next three weeks on the tram side so at night these words will illuminate and they'll glow to the city um, th that's pretty awesome and we're putting another one on this side that will, uh, will just shine not false lighting these are going to uh, declare and uh, I, I say this not out of faith but I really believe that I believe, I feel it's, it's in me that the moment that we declare, the moment that we brand, the moment that we name that this is uh, God's church, that this is the church of the city, that we're going to see something significant shift over uh, us as a community. Remember, the church isn't the building. The church is the people that come together and worship in a building. But I believe that once we make a stamp on this place, when we declare, no, this is our church, we're here to stay, uh, we're going to see a supernatural breakthrough. Will you agree with me in Jesus' name? Hey, would you open your Bibles? We're going to look at Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through to 8. I know 
as Presence Church, most of you would be able to, uh, to, to quote this off by heart. But I want to read, Luke is, is giving Theophilus, as we're about to read, a, 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 uh, an account of the Acts of the Apostles as the basis of the narrative. But we're going in a different direction this morning. He writes here, he says, In my book, or my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. We're here today because of the name of Jesus. Not just the name of Jesus, because Jesus, the Son of God, he died on the cross but then rose again and is now seated with the Father in heaven. The Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places if we are in Christ Jesus. And so he came and he gave proofs to the disciples. And then the scripture says this, we're celebrating and we're partnering and uh, as transformations come and use uh, this building here over the next few days to celebrate kingdom conference and lift up all things kingdom. It's interesting that when Jesus appeared, Luke says to Theophilus, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and 40 nights and he spoke about the kingdom of God. It's interesting, Jesus didn't just come and just, just, just do the small talk and, and just see how they were going. Like, I'm sure that was part of his nature. He is love. But the scripture says clearly here, and Luke made it a point to highlight that Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God. Would you agree that the kingdom of God is important? In verse 4, on one occasion, while, they, while he was eating and drinking with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For you, for, excuse me, for John baptized with water, but in a few days we'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and he asked and asked him, Lord, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the days that the father has set by his own authority, but hear this, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, uh, I want to emphasize that again. He says, but you will receive power. We know that's the dunamis, the power of God when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. The title and the banner that I want to speak unto you, uh, under this morning to you is, is the power of praying in the Spirit. The power of praying in the Spirit it's okay to respond this morning. It's okay to get loud if you hear something you like. I, I want to encourage you. COVID hasn't said you have to be quiet. Uh, you can be noisy. We're a Pentecostal church, um, but not too much. Okay. I don't want you to get out of control. That's good. That's good. Come on. The last thing Jesus preached was the need for the power of the Holy Spirit. If you were to segregate and look at the narrative of what Luke is saying to Theophilus, he, he, he literally articulates, and we can see it in other uh, Gospels, that when Jesus left the disciples, he made emphasis and he placed emphasis on the need for the disciples. I've highlighted here in my notes, it's in all my Bibles, highlighted, he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised. In other words, there is something amazing, significant, extravagant, far beyond what you could even comprehend coming your way. And Jesus even says, he says, for you guys have received the baptism of, uh, of John, but soon uh, the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is going to come to you. But wait, just wait until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you today, and I know I'm speaking to a body of believers, I'm speaking to Presence Church, again, not a church community, but individuals. And I feel like my mandate, my assignment this morning, although I'm starting to get loud, is to encourage you about praying in the Holy Ghost. Now let me break that down in just a few moments. But the last thing, as I said to you, Jesus preached was the need for the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe when Jesus was talking about this, Jesus was talking individually that each individual disciple, the 120 people in the upper room, whoever was there, whoever was in the uh, privilege to be in that conversation, Jesus was speaking individually to them and saying, in order to be my witnesses, to reflect my glory, uh, to walk in the supernatural power, revelation, intimacy, and understanding uh, that comes from God, the Holy Spirit is a qualification to walk in that power. But then it goes further, and we're going to look at some scripture this morning that indicates that not just walking in the Holy Spirit, but speaking, praying in the Holy Ghost actually brings forth intimacy, revelation, and personal edification. I said this at the end of the service. I want to say it at the beginning this morning now. 
Uh, my friend, when we bought our house, we were renovating. Most of you would know Andrew. He's a pharmacist. He's preached on finances here. He came up from Sydney in between the, the COVID restrictions and the border uh, opening up. And he came to my house and he'd been in contact with Chrissy. And, and he wanted to come and bring a housewarming present to us. And so Andrew turned up, very generous, he's Egyptian, he's in the pharmaceutical business, and I'm out there covered in sawdust, I'm pulling apart bathrooms thinking, what is my wife thinking with this renovation? And, and, and so as I'm doing this, he comes and he says, Pastor Justin, come out, uh, I can't drive around anymore, I might get a fine, go out to the car. He's just arrived, he's just gone to the shop, and apparently him and Chrissy have had this dialogue that I needed a new barbecue. So I get outside and he's got a hire car, it's a little Toyota Corolla hatch, he's got three kids in the back and this box, it's probably like half the size of the drum kit, sticking out the back, it was a, it, it was a fine magnet. And he said, Pastor, I couldn't drive around anymore. As we lifted it out and we put it in my garage, I thought, man, this is just like crazy generous. It was a gift that he had given me. See, here's the deal, I didn't say, oh, Andrew, oh, that's too much. Like, I kind of like thought it, but I thought, I really want this barbecue. I'm being honest. I was like, man, this is he's, he's giving it to me. I don't want him to drive around and get fines on the Gold Coast. Sure, I'll take the barbecue, put it into my garage. And here's the deal. It wasn't just like your, your average, like, Jim Buck or Jim Buck Bunnings barbecue. This thing's like a barbecue, barbecue galore. It's, a, it's, it's an infrared. I still don't know what that means, but it's an infrared four-burner gas barbecue with a thing on the side that, that I haven't used yet. But, but, but now here's the deal. I received the gift and every time I use this barbecue, and I know it's kind of a silly analogy, but the principle is still the same. When I use this barbecue, I kid you not, almost every time, probably to the point where it seems like I'm a little bit obsessive, I'll send Andrew photos of my apron and my bib and my tongs. In the middle of fasting, this is a, this is a, a hard uh, story to relay because I'm already watering at the mouth. Uh, but, but I'll send him photos of my tomahawk of my sausages, of, uh, and now I've like, I think like I've adopted my dad's, the, the American side of me is coming out and I'm marinating meat and I'm doing this and I'll send him because I'm grateful for what he has given us. And see, gratitude for what he's given us is, prompts me back to the source. So when I send him photos, now we've got this competition, who can cook the biggest tomahawk steak? <laughs> see, when you step out and you speak in the language of the Holy Ghost, what you're doing is you're moving towards God. You're leaning towards the things of God. You're edifying the Spirit, and I'm already getting ahead of myself. But over the last few weeks, we've been speaking around this notion of God's desire for intimacy for His people. And God's desire for intimacy is one of, and the picture that we are looking at, the narrative is Moses and Moses leads all of the Israelites out of, out of slavery, and he's at this crossroad where, where, where God has kind of said, hey, they're rebellious, and maybe you just need to go. And I'm paraphrasing, Moses turns to God and he says, God, if your presence will not go with us, do not send us away from you. And he makes this statement, he says, what will define us from the rest of the people on the face of the earth? It's kind of a pause in the scripture, and God says, Moses, my presence will go with you. And we know that when God responds, that word presence is proximity of his face. In other words, Moses, you are not going to be separated. I will not withdraw, but, but, but I will be with you. And, and that's kind of a, a picture narrative, a type and shadow of what happened when Jesus went. He said, he said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send the comforter, the one that uh, my father has promised, and he will reveal to you all things. He will make things known to you in the book of John. So our responsibility, our obligation, and our privilege right now as we've received the Holy Spirit is to pray in the heavenly language. My point is, when we pray in our heavenly language, it takes us from being world-focused and mind-focused to spirit-focused and actually draws us back to awareness of the proximity of the presence of the face of God. As I said this morning, I want to talk to you about how precious this gift is and the question I have for everyone in this room. Do you remember when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit? Do you remember that moment where the Holy Ghost came and He fell on you and didn't just fall on you? We have to understand that the baptism isn't just an external experience. Uh, I love what David Hall says, a ship in water is a ship in water. But if a ship sinks, the correct term is it has been baptized because now the water is inside the ship. 
It's not just floating on top of the water. In other words, when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God doesn't just come and and fall on us like he did with David and and some other crew in the Old Testament. He actually comes and, and comes in, partners with us, inside of us. But I come back to that question now that I've given you some time to think. Do you remember when you were baptized in the Holy Ghost? Do you remember the fervency you had, the the excitement you had about this spiritual language? Do you, do, you, do you remember actually stepping out and telling people about Jesus, about praying in the Holy Ghost, waking up early in the morning and praying? I, I, I don't know about you, but I remember 2005, November 20, we're coming up to that date. It was a Red Frogs weekend. They just left. I got invited into church. Most of you know my testimony. I, I was a drug addict. I, I was suicidal at this point, literally had a plan, and my cousin's invitation to church stopped me from at least I thought I was going to jump off a building and surf as just being transparent. And as I walked into the back of an auditorium, a four-generation pastor's son standing there thinking, I've done this all before. It was in that moment of being at the lowest of the low, and you don't have to get to this place, but it was like no one touched me, no one prayed for me, no, no one anointed me, no one gave me communion, but in that place of worship, the atmosphere of this church just being down the road, Monaco Street, it's where I just experienced just the intense, love, the liquid love of God from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes. And in that moment, something started to shift inside me. It was like everything just dispersed. It was like I went into a fog cloud of just, just, just nothingness. But all I knew is that I was experiencing physically, spiritually, and emotionally. A transformation was taking place. I started to cry during worship. And like I thought I was the tough guy standing there, you know, young and 25 and can conquer the word. But also broken and lost on the inside. Like literally I had that experience of when you, you hear the altar call and people share their testimony and I didn't know my hand just went up like, like I knew my hand was going up and I was trying to pull it down but there was just, it, was like, it was like this war going on. I came to the front and I stood at the front, Bennett Kane came behind me, Pastor Richard was there, Pastor Mark and, and I think Mike was off doing something and boys were all there and I didn't know about this church deal I didn't know about transformations but in that moment I just remember it was like the floodgates opened and it was like uh, I just started crying and I could still feel the immense love of God for two and a half hours I cried and what I know that I know that I know was that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit that was the Spirit of God revealing himself coming on me and it was a point where I didn't even know but there was a willingness of my heart to receive this because I was so lost and desperate for something You know, it was probably about a month later. In fact, it was Boxing Day 2005. I checked into Transformations for the first time. Pastor Mike came over and we had like a a meeting and he grabbed me and he pulled me aside and he said, brother, brother, do you know how to pray in the Holy Ghost? I said, man, we used to like copy my dad when we were in church and we were this big. We would, he'd be singing in the spirit, me and my sister. And he's like, do you know how to pray in the Holy Ghost? It's a bad imitation of Pastor Mike, my good friend. But then he, he said to me, he said, just start praying with me. Because I'd already been baptized, but the activation hadn't taken place. See, if you've received the Holy Spirit, you've got the ability to pray in the Holy Ghost. It's not a matter of uh, you have to, it's a matter of you get to. It's a privilege, it's an honor, it's a gift. And he started praying, sukumbe, and then... He's like, just, just whatever comes out, he's, turn off your mind and allow whatever that is. And in that moment, we just come out of worship, a meeting, as I said. Just, for me, it was like, and I'm like, that was weird. And then the battle started in the mind. I'm like, what is that? That's me. That's, is that something demonic? What is that? But the reality is, he just said to me, he said, just keep praying, just keep praying. And so for months and for, for weeks and months and then now years, I can tell you that remembering this and consistently praying in the Holy Ghost, I could attribute to being a foundation to where I'm at today. Not just as a pastor standing on the stage, but being a dad, having the ability not to, not to get angry at my kids when they drop my iPads or 
break my house or dent my cars, or, and they're not even past 10 yet. And, 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 and like, like, like self-control when it comes to thoughts and temptations around addictions and lust of the flesh and, and, and being able to get into the Word of God and actually read and understand and articulate and study out sources where, where, where teachers said you'll never be able to read, you'll never make any of yourself. I want to tell you that when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it is something that it edifies within yourself that brings revelation knowledge, brings intimacy with God, and it edifies you to a point that your physical body will transform under the anointing of God. But my question for you is, do you remember? And then my next point is, are you still praying in the Holy Ghost? If there was ever a point, a time, in the timeline of humanity where individuals outside of the context of a Sunday service needed to be praying in the Holy Spirit, it is now. And you all know what I'm talking about. I don't need to go into politics and media and threats and violence and finances and currency reports and all that sort of stuff. So I want to speak a little bit about that, and I've just gone like way off track, so just bear with me this morning. But we as Pentecostals, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in praying in the Holy Ghost. In 1 Corinthians 6.19, Paul wrote these words. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Let me say that again. Who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. That word temple there translates to sanctuary or the holy of holies. Once upon a time, the presence of God, the ark, the Shekinah glory of God was separated by curtains and, and there were requirements for a priest to go into the presence, the holy of holies, where, where the Shekinah, the presence of God was. But because of the cross, Christ made a way for not just us to need to step in religiously into a, a place of the presence of God, but the presence of God comes inside of us. So every one of us who is baptized and full of the Holy Ghost actually walks around as a holy temple, the holy of holies, carrying, housing, stewarding the Spirit of God within us. Why is that important? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He wants you healthy and holy. He wants you healthy and whole. Uh, the context, the narrative of what Paul is talking to with the Corinthian church in this particular passage is sexual immorality. And he's pleading with them at this particular time. He's saying, guys, don't indulge in things that are outside of the context of marriage and outside of what the Word of God says. And keep yourself holy because he knows that when you step out of a lifestyle of holiness, giving yourself to the lusts of the flesh and the sinful nature and all of that stuff, it actually causes you to step away from the very thing we're talking about this morning, not walking into a lifestyle of intimacy, knowing that the proximity of the face of God is right here, but it actually causes you to divert and walk the other way. The grace of God is sufficient and His mercy is new every day. But should you forget and walk after that, after a while, you'll eventually just be too far gone. A body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. There are four types now transitioning to this notion this morning. You know me, I, I usually love to exhort and run after it. But I've got to put my teacher's hat on and try at least for a few moments. There are four different types of tongues, praying tongues. Uh, the first that we are speaking about this morning is tongues for personal edification. Tongues for personal edification. This is a supernatural language we pray in the Holy Spirit. And, can, and the Holy Spirit prays through us as we give utterance throughout the day. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. We're going to come back and speak to that. The second is tongues for interpretation. The gift of tongues is accompanied by the gift of interpretation by the same or another person. The scripture suggests that this manifestation of tongues was mainly expressed in house meetings. You have to understand when Paul is talking about praying in tongues and he's saying, oh, look, uh, I wish all of you would pray in tongues, but, but, but it's better that you prophesy. At this particular point, theologians and writers say that the Corinthian church, these guys were abusing this gift. They were standing up and, and they were speaking and, and Paul's whole desire is, and remember, the context of receiving the gifts of the Spirit is to be able to be a witness. So here's the thought moving forward as a church, and I think this is probably something we need to come back and look at. It's one thing to stand up and sing in heavenly language and, and declare things, and I think the context of someone worshiping, lifting up a tongue, and then singing, it 
they have the prime opportunity to back that, that, that tongue up with whatever is coming out in song. But if we were all to stand up and just start praying in the Holy Ghost, and we probably do this, and I'm probably guilty of it myself, to be honest, and someone new walks in, what the Scripture says is that person will probably look at you all like, you crazy. What are these guys doing? So when it comes to the tongues for interpretation, what Paul is actually saying in this particular tongue, accompanied by the interpretation of the same or another person, if someone gets up and gives a tongue, I think Terry will often come and give a tongue, and we'll wait for the interpretation of that tongue so that people in the room who are like, what's going on? When the interpretation comes, can actually receive and understand what's going on in the room. And if someone doesn't come, it's the responsibility of the person who is giving that tongue at that particular time to get up and give the translation in English. The third type of tongue is tongues for intercession. This manifestation of tongues empowers the believers to intercede for their own lives, for their families, for the church, for the nation. God may also use them to stand in the gap for someone or a situation that is totally unknown to them. Romans 8.26 pulls this apart. And the last is tongues assigned, excuse me, as a sign to the unbeliever. Tongues as a sign to the unbeliever. This is a phenomena that took place on the day of Pentecost. It occurs when the Holy Spirit transcends the intellect language barriers by empowering a believer to preach, teach, or testify about Christ in a language which they may not have known for themselves. We can see that in Acts chapter 2 when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. We know that they were in the upper room and uh, there was a ruckus that went on and as all the people around them started to gather in, they heard their languages being spoken by the apostles or the disciples and the people in the upper room and they knew that these people didn't know their natural language. I needed to break that down so that we know what we're speaking about. It's interesting when you think, hey, I'm just going to get up and we're going to preach on praying in the Spirit. It's a whole bigger subject than what you think it is. It's also probably the most controversial thing you could stay on the platform. So we're moving on today. So how do we not just pray in the morning in our normal language, but actually live in awareness of the presence of God? Remember, we're talking about living in awareness staying aware that the proximity of the presence, the proximity of the face of God is with us all day. The truth is, it's praying in our heavenly language for tongues such as, as we're speaking, for personal edification. This is the prayer language each of us receives when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. The other three manifestations of tongues are given as the Spirit wills, but this one can be engaged in any time we choose. The reality is, and as I shared with you, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, but it was a couple of months before I actually started to speak in tongues. Just yesterday during the storms, it was awesome to sloth on the couch and watch some TV, and I put on uh, 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 some Bethel TV stuff, and I came across this, this segment where a gentleman was talking about praying in tongues. He's actually the guy, I think it's Darren Wilson, who created and developed and produced Finger of God and the Holy Spirit where we see Todd White and all of his evangelism team go all over the world, and he just felt in his spirit that God say, hey, produce this movie and produce this film. Now these films have been seen by millions all over the world. And Darren sits back and he says, guys, I've got a confession. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've prophesied. I've done all these things, but I've actually never spoke in tongues or a heavenly language. He said, I believe it, but I just haven't had the activation take place. And so I want to say to you, if you're in this room today, and you know that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but maybe you haven't actually spoken in another tongue or spoken out this heavenly language that I'm talking about, it's okay. And remember, the idea is not that you have to, it's a privilege and you get to. So as we go on, we're going to have an activation, and I just believe that God's going to open up some people's tongues this morning. Dave Robertson, he wrote the book, A Walk of Spirit and the Walk of Power, he writes this, the Holy Spirit said to me, son, the anointing didn't suddenly come upon you because it, pre because it was predestined for the meeting from the foundations of the world. It didn't come on you in respect to your evangelistic call. I wish all my evangelists would walk in power. He's having this conversation with God. The anointing didn't come on you because you're calling, your creed, your color, your nation. It came on you because you have uncovered a spiritual law. Praying in other tongues, your most holy language for personal edification 
that carries with it the ironclad guarantee to build you up and build up your innermost faith in your spirit, that part of you from which faith comes. You have found something that you can purpose to edify yourself, build yourself up as much as you want to, and as long as you want to, whenever you want to, praying in the Holy Ghost. You can build yourself up, you can walk and override your physical senses as they hold you to checkmate and convince you that God's word isn't so, to talk to, excuse me, to a walk that is vibrant, spirit-charged, and free in the Holy Ghost. After being so hungry for God's power for so long, I had accidentally uncovered, speaking about tongues, one of the most important keys in growing in devil-stomping, mountain-moving faith, praying in tongues for personal edification. And then he goes on to say, and do you think that after finding such a major key to unlock mysteries, that anyone could keep me out of my prayer closet? Not a chance. Now I know that God has a divine plan and I'm discovering it through praying in tongues. Jesus said this in the closing part of the gospel of Mark 16 verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe in me. They will cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues. Jesus' desire for us is that we would speak in the heavenly language. It would be a sign that we're walking in intimacy and relationship with him. So this morning we're talking about Tongues for personal edification, if you're taking notes, first thought. Tongues for personal edification. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, if you have your Bibles or you can have a look up at the screen. There's really not too much to this scripture. Remember that Paul is trying to address the abuse of speaking in the heavenly language throughout the church outside of the context of what it was purposed. And he said, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Let's just stick with the first sentence. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. The word edified translated is to charge up. It's to have your battery charged. It's to have new life come. It's to bring a light where there is darkness. Other translations say around this word edify, it's to build, to construct, to repair, to renovate. So what does it renovate? We have to understand this notion as well. He says in 14 verses 4, I believe it is. Fourteen verse 14, for if I pray with a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. It's interesting. So what we've heard already is that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is in us. And when we pray, as the Scripture says, we're not praying with our mind, but we're praying with our spirit. And as our spirit prays, it edifies ourselves. It builds up your body. It builds up your frame. It builds up the spirit man that is within you. And we edify ourselves. I don't know if you're getting this. But after day one, usually of praying, if someone is asked, how are you going? The answer is usually like mine right now. Well, my mouth's dry. And I felt like that hour or that 15-minute period was like a two-hour period. Usually after day two, you start to question yourself, man, is this my mind? Is, is this my flesh? Is this, man, is someone else speaking through me? Uh, by day three, it starts to get easier. By day four, you'll start to sense just a lift of the flesh. Day five, day six, day seven, David Robertson, who wrote the book of the letter that I just quoted, Walk of Spirit, Walk of Power, felt the Lord call him to quit his job. His wife was a teacher, I believe, and to go into full-time prayer. Imagine that. Hey, quit your job and go to full-time prayer. So what he did, he quit his mining job. This is around the day and the time of Catherine Coleman. He speaks in the book of a conference he went to with her there. And he used to work in the mines. And so what he did is he separated himself, but he was close enough that he could hear the siren go off for smoker when lunchtime in the mine that he used to work in. So he would go into this church, into this room, and he built like a little prayer room. And he started on the first day praying in his natural language. Second day praying in his natural language. Third day had no idea what else to pray ran out of things, prayed for the world, prayed for his wife, prayed for the mind. So then he says, I just started to pray in the Holy Ghost. I just started to pray in my heavenly language. And then he, he carried that on for months and months and months. And then it says a lady came to visit him. 
this lady said, I, I, I've heard what you're doing and I want to know what's the fruit, what's the result. And he says quite transparently in his book, Walk a Spirit, Walk a Power, uh, there's actually nothing. Uh, I haven't experienced anything yet. The lady comes back to him a couple months later and she approaches him and she says, excuse me, Dave, will you come to a meeting with me? He walks into this meeting. It's a meeting and they don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in praying in the Holy Ghost. They don't be believe that, that, that songs and gifts are for now and and oh, were they wrong? But he walked into the meeting and he sits down. A lady arrived probably about 10 minutes before him and he didn't know that she came in with a walker. And you've got to remember, this is just a guy who's following and being obedient to God who said, separate yourself from work and go and pray for a season. And as he walked into this meeting, never seen a miracle break out before, just knew about the language of the Holy Spirit and the things of the Spirit. And he looked over as this man was teaching, and his words, my words, it was a boring sermon, but just teaching, teaching, teaching. And he looked over, and he saw an x-ray in between him and this, 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 this elderly lady. And in the x-ray, he saw that her hip was out of joint, like, like she was having arthritical pains. And he battled with God quite a bit in this moment. And then he finally reaches over when he felt that he had permission in the Holy Ghost. And he said, excuse me, I, I see you've got something going on with your hip. She kind of looked at him like, yeah, you've got to remember, this is a meeting where there are non-believers. And in this particular moment, he's like, yeah, it's like, 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 like I feel like God wants to heal you. He gets down, starts praying for her, the lady gets healed. The story goes on that when he then walks into rooms and conferences, he sees like x-rays over people and he's able to call out, God, I see that your shoulder's out of place. I see that your hand's broken. I see that this is out of place. And see, this was just a natural man that made a decision that he was going to give his life and him Particularly, it was a lifestyle of separating himself from anything else. And I just wonder today, if we got back to the remembrance of the time that we got baptized and started to pray in the Holy Spirit uh, like we used to, or, or like we can, or maybe we just said, hey, I'm going to step it up a little bit, not necessarily quitting your job, because God wants you in Judea, Judea and Samaria. He wants you going into all the earth. So then what we do behind the scenes is we pray in the Holy Ghost. I just wonder what God will do through you and I. We're talking about personal edification, so I don't want to get too far ahead. You know, J Joseph Prince, everyone's got an opinion, but Joseph Prince, I was listening to him, he said this, he said, you can build yourself up to a point where you see physical manifestation taking place in the Holy Spirit through your body. <coughs> but before the Lord does this, praying in tongues, he often begins dealing with hurts, insecurities, fears, convictions, and things will rise to the point that you start to make a decision to walk in a holy lifestyle. I love what Paul said in Romans, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. The mind that is governed by the flesh is death, but the mind that is governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Now, he doesn't give us the clue here, but if I want to have a mind that is governed by the Spirit, the natural equation, one plus one is two. If my mind and my desire is to have peace in life, then my first port of call, let me say this, should be the Word of God. My second port of call should be praying in the Holy Ghost. Because praying in the Holy Ghost builds your fleshly body, it builds your spirit, man, and it edifies you to a point that you receive a few different things. First of all, as we're talking about personal edification, you know, I feel like I need to say this, I feel like a stagnation in the air, that it's okay to talk about you building yourself up. Because unless you've built yourself up, how are you going to affect the environment around you? How are you going to affect your workplace? How are you going to affect the program that you're in? How are you going to affect the IGA and the 7-Eleven? If we're just going about this, uh, this, this, this life, going to church on Sunday, but not activating the things of the Spirit on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, then aren't we just the opposite to what Moses said to God? God, what would distinguish us from everyone else? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like everyone else. And that's not just for the essence of being different, because I've experienced the tangible love of God. And when the scriptures tell me, and when the unction of the Holy Ghost is within me, and I know that I can pray in my heavenly language, and edification comes to my physical body, the next thing that comes is intimacy. 
in no particular order, intimacy. I don't want to contain it. I don't want to hold it back. I don't want to not do it because I know that this fleshly body without God, prior to God, prior to baptism, prior to the Holy Ghost, wasn't really good at very many things. But praying in the Holy Spirit, walking with God is a revolutionally life-changing, not just here on this planet, but for eternity to come. Fired up. In Jude chapter 1, verse 20, the scripture says, But you, dear friends, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. You know, I just had this thought when I was in transformations. I used to sometimes, when I was really going hard, I would ditch movie night. And that's big because we get lollies on movie night. So I would leave my lollies. I usually want to get there and get the best lollies. Movie night, Friday night, it's probably still movie night. I'd ditch that and I'd go up to my room and I'd pray in the Holy Spirit. Seriously, not just being like super hypo-spiritual, but I would go and I'd just play, pray because I knew that when I was leaving, when things were going rough, when I had offense with someone else, for some reason when I prayed in the Holy Ghost, it was like everything was okay. Like, like things changed. It wasn't just one minute, but when I built myself up. And why? Because I'm building myself up in holy faith, which then elevates me to a place of intimacy, which then causes me to have a higher perspective of the fleshy things that are going on around me. And I remember time and time again being up there, and it's hard not to put on the old nature. I can see the guys' faces, and they, I would hear them walk past the hallway, and they would mock me as I was sitting in the room praying in the Holy Spirit. Like I'd be in there, shandala, bam, boom, baba, with my door shut, with respect and reverence. I wasn't forcing anything on anyone, but I just knew that there was something about this. And, and, and I was praying in the Holy Spirit. I think now, and my heart and my prayer is that everyone will get saved, obviously. But then I think about posts and things I've seen, even of these guys and where they're at now, specifically a couple that would mock and torment. It felt like tormentation because I couldn't do anything, although I wanted to, but I couldn't just prayed more you know I think about my kids and my life and self-control and just just the blessings and the prosperity that comes from walking a godly lifestyle praying in the Holy Ghost versus being able to quite transparently look at other people's lifestyles who who actually mocked and paid out the things that, that 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 Jesus paid the price for us to get you know my prayer is for them all day every day but sometimes you need a mirror reflection of what God has done and I just want to tell you right now that when you pray in the Holy Ghost you're building yourself up you're edifying yourself and you're promoting walking towards God I shared with you many times the scripture Matthew 6 33 seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added to you uh, Matthew 7 verse 7 or uh, the scripture also says ask seek and knock uh, and the door will be opened and he will speak to you and 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 he'll reveal it to you James 4 verse 8 draw near to me and I will draw near to you see there's a connection with all these scriptures where God through the Holy Spirit is unctioning us guys come to me come to me draw near to me like it's okay for us to edify ourselves by desiring to be with him not the magic magic and excuse me for using that term the spiritual answer for that is praying in the holy ghost for personal edification uh, i love what the message translation says about james 4 7 to 10 so let god work his will in you yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper away say a quiet yes and let god Yes to God, and he'll be there in no time at all. Quit dabbling in sin, purify your inner life, quit playing the field, hit the bottom, cry your eyes out. Come on, let's get it over and done with. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your hands and knees before the master. It's the only way that you'll get back up onto your feet again. John Bevere, my team is doing, we're leading our team through, and we will further teams through the new version of the bait of Satan. There's a point where John Bevere is talking to the community and he says, it kind of hurts, doesn't it? Like, like, I think if you're in this room and you know that this Christian walk, sometimes like it's, it's, it's hard. Like I have to make a decision not to get my lollies and my movie night and I'm going to go pray in the Holy Ghost. And the reason it hurts is because we're dying to self. But Jesus says, lay down your life. Or well, he who loses his life will gain his life. The reason it hurts is because our flesh is dying but our spirit is growing 
And I love what this scripture says, although it's the message translation, it's a beautiful phrase. So after you've got down on your hands and knees, when you get back up again, you'll be on your feet. The third thought that I have here this morning, and I'm going to finish with this if the worship team can join me. The third thing that I see happen, and I could go on and on and on about the fruit that comes from praying in the Holy Ghost for personal edification, it raises intimacy, and the thirdly, it brings revelation, or praying in the Spirit reveals the mysteries of God. Yeah, I don't think we can walk past this, this fact. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2 verses 9 to 12 says this, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen and no ear has heard and what human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him, these are the things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. God has prepared things for you and I, and He wants to reveal them to you through the Spirit. So again, the natural math is, if I had the Spirit of God in me, and all I have to do is turn off my mind and speak out, even though I don't know what I'm saying, I'm edifying the things of the Spirit. It's bringing to the forefront revelation of the things and the mysteries, as the Scripture says, Paul says, of things that God wants to get to us. Knowledge, information, insight, wisdom, prophetic declarations, word of knowledge. And the list goes on. I said this in the other service. Let's never let the gifts override the foundation of the word. Your foundation must be in the word of God and the scripture. And the gifts flow off that. That's your reference point. That's your checking point. The scripture goes on. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows the thoughts except the spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received in the Spirit of the world, the Spirit, excuse me, what we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. You know, I was enlightened as I was looking through all this, and then it just dawned on me that everything we're really reading and looking at today was taught and brought by the Apostle Paul. I know Peter going to Cornelius' house and preaching the gospel. And as the gospel was preached, they all started to preach in tongues, which is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But it's interesting that three quarters of the New Testament was written by a man who didn't personally walk in discipleship with Jesus. But then Paul says this, he says, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you all. See, see, here's the thing. I think Paul unlocked a mystery, a, a, a gift that came only from God that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, supernatural revelation knowledge will be revealed to you. And where did Paul write the principles of the kingdom? It wasn't just going through all of the old school testaments, the, uh, the, the prophetic books and, and the Psalms and, and all. No, no, no. It was one-on-one dialogue and intimacy, praying in the Holy Ghost, which brought about revelation knowledge, which is the teaching that we're standing on today not just in this context, but in so many other foundational thoughts, which is what we call the New Testament, the Word of God. Paul wrote three quarters of the New Testament. Paul prayed in tongues more than any other man, woman, or child in his own personal declaration, probably not more than you guys, I'm sure. But he's responsible for three quarters of the revelation knowledge that is contained in this book. Obviously, it's the knowledge coming from the Holy Spirit, but how did that come forth? Because he walked in intimacy with the person of the Holy Spirit and was bold enough to put down what God was saying to him and stand firm on it. In 1 John 2, verses 27 in the Amplified, it says, As for you, the anointing, the special gift, the preparation which you have received from him remains permanently in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you, but just as His anointing teaches you, giving you insight through the presence of the Holy Spirit about all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as He is anointing, His anointing has taught you, you must remain in Him, rooted in Him, knit together in Him. As we're a community who pray in the Holy Ghost, remember that it's a gift that's been given to us. Don't feel guilty, don't feel weird. Lean into it, embrace it, because out of the overflow of that gift, you will personally edify yourself. And He wants you to be edified, because it's only when you're edified you can edify community around you. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's our command, it's our lifestyle, it's our mandate. I want to tell you that when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it empowers us to do just that. 
praying in the Holy Ghost builds intimacy and praying in the Holy Spirit will bring divine mysteries from God to the forefront of your mind is revelation. Praying in the Holy Spirit breaks off offense. It helps us to overcome addiction. Would you stand with me this morning in this place? says do not quench the spirit just with every eye closed and every head bowed in this room a question for you this morning is have you have you quenched the holy spirit in any way shape or form this isn't you're in trouble this is god saying hey come back to me come back to me lean back in i'm here i've never left you i've never forsaken you god is right now he's just challenging hearts right now in this room have you quenched the holy spirit and 1 thessalonians 5 19 verse 23 says now may the god of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the lord jesus christ hebrews 11 6 but without faith it's impossible to please him because he must believe that he is God and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And in a moment, we're going to do really three things. If you're in this room and your heart's not right with Jesus, maybe you've never publicly accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to do that this morning. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you will be saved. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to pray in the Holy Spirit together. I want to make sure everyone in this room is, is saved so we can do it and not weird anyone out. And the third thing we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to sing in the Spirit. I want to share this thought just as you've got your eyes closed and you're just meditating. Just in my mind's eye right now, I just see Peter and he's in the boat with the disciples and and he's there and he's thinking about all the thoughts and the teachings and the miracle he's seen. And, and, and there's, there's a faith rising and all of a sudden Jesus comes walking on the water. And I just had this thought. Peter had to stand up and physically lift his leg out of the boat to stand on the water. He had his eyes firmly planted and fixed on Jesus the whole time. But Peter wasn't the Holy Spirit. It wasn't the angels that lifted his leg and bent his joint and pushed it over the edge. No, Peter made a decision. You know what? I, I don't know about this, but I'm just, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to lift up. There was a faith activation that he was going to lift up and step out. And because of the faith stepping out, he stood on a solid foundation. If you're in this room and you've never prayed in the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you the action is just the same. If you've been baptized, you've received the Holy Spirit, it's simply making a decision. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open my mouth. And, and with whatever's coming up, whatever that sound is, I'm just going to let it flow out. But first, if you're in this room and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and today's the day you want to say, Pastor, that's me. I've done some things wrong, but I want to get my life right. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You're acknowledging that you've sinned. Today you want to say you want to begin your life fresh, and that's you in this room. The Bible says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. If you're in this room and that's you from the front to the back, from the left to the right, every eye is closed. If you're saying today's the day, I just I need to get my heart right. I need to make sure I'm good with God and you're saying that, would you raise your hand with me? I want to pray with you and just make sure that everyone in this room has that, that, that assurance of salvation. All across this room right now, I'm just looking, if there's anyone in this room that would say, today's the day, I want to invite Jesus into my heart. You know what, well, that's great. That means the majority, I'm assuming, in this room were Christians. So then the appropriate thing to do after a message like this, because we are a family, because we are the church individually coming together, we can pray in the Holy Spirit. So right now, I just want to ask on the count of, in fact, let me do this. Let's pray this. I, I love this little prayer that I wrote. Every person in this room, whether you've prayed in the Holy Spirit or not, and today's the day that you want to go after this, would you repeat after me as the worship comes down a bit? Heavenly Father, everyone in this room, Heavenly Father, I am confident 
that you will give me right now the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Would you fill me? Jesus has been glorified. Therefore, the Holy Spirit has been given. Right now, I receive. I'm full to overflowing. On the count of three, I want every person in this room to start praying in the Holy Spirit. One, two, three. Come on, every person in this room. And right now, if you, you've never prayed in the Spirit before with every eye closed, just start to open your mouth. Turn off your brain. Come on, worship team, will you pray with me? Come on, we're edifying. We're edifying. If we can't do this in church, how are we going to do it on our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Someone's thinking, I forgot what this was like. Someone else in this room, you're starting to speak for the first time. Don't worry about what your mind says. It will start to feel weird. Alright. Right now, just bring it down. I want you to keep speaking. But I want you to do it quietly, just under your breath. Come on, under your breath. Why? Because when you're getting in your car, when you're walking on the beach, when you're walking to the water cooler at smoko time, when you're, when you're in your university classroom, the Bible says pray at all times without ceasing. How do you do that? My mind doesn't know what I'm praying, but what I know is I'm edifying the things of the Spirit. I'm giving glory. I'm speaking praises unto God. This is how we pray at all times without ceasing. Come on, someone in this room, you, you, you know you want to start to speak out. Just, just quietly. See, I'm broom, baba, siriande, I'm boomba, marabasumbriande. Just lastly, with no, much as I love worship, if you can just pull it down, we're going to sing in the spirit. See, worship isn't about us, we have the privilege of of actually having the ability which is given to us to worship a holy God and worship outside of the confines of Sunday service when we've got an amazing worship team, which you're not going to have on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So we ought to know how to pray and not just pray, but worship in the Holy Spirit. So on the count of three, I'm going to ask if you're in this room and you just prayed in the Holy Ghost that you just begin to put melody to that. So one, two, three. Well, all over this room, don't worry about left and right. We all sound silly to our minds. Come on, just lift up a tongue, just start to worship. This is pure, holy, pleasing worship under God. You're still edifying. You're still walking in intimacy right now. You know, I can just imagine portals of heaven opening right now as we're praying, we're singing in the Holy Ghost. Well, we are in church and we do have the worship team. So come on, let's add to that. Come on, keep praying. Keep singing in the Holy Spirit. It's for a few moments. We're, we're almost done. Holy, 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 
All the angels join in singing, Siamu Maya, Come on, every hand raised. Every hand raised in this room. Come on, Verdi, why don't you lead us? every voice when we sing this out yeah it's restoring hearts in this place this week in fact we've been in here praying all week and the Lord kept picturing you because I'd walk past these chairs laying hands on every chair and and I know we've spoken briefly here but I clearly felt like the Lord saying that he's untangling what the enemy's tried to tangle around literal legal situations financial situations even personal health and right now I just speak over you in the name of Jesus right now I declare Satan that your contract, your assignment is canceled. Right now, I rebuke, I renounce. And Father, we just pray that you would loose right now everything that's trying to come oppose this family in the name of Jesus. God, you have called, you have appointed them as ministers, as pastors and leaders. And God, I thank you once again, there will be a supernatural joy that comes into the household. Father, in just the same way that they sow tomatoes, Lord Jesus, I thank you that their harvest would be plentiful of bigger things and greater things in the name of Jesus. And my friend in Transformations, um, big fellow with a hat, looking around. There you are. You know, I just felt like God say that don't worry in, in thinking that it's too late. Uh, I know you like seeing you around, you're kind of like the older guy and you're covered in tats, but I, I actually saw you in like, it sounds crazy, but almost in an executive position. Uh, and that God's saying that he's going to restore you back, that there's actually going to be, I see you at the head, explaining to people, not just about flow charts, but, 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 but not just even in the natural, uh, but in the secular and in the kingdom, about a kingdom divine order. And I just see that you have a mind that has an ability to respect one, authority and honor. But two, I feel like God is saying that he's actually placing a mantle on you. And I just declare this right now, there's a fresh teaching gift, the gift to be able to teach, to communicate the simplicity, simple things of one business to the Word of God, but three, I see just supernatural, divine, you know, like I get the, the, the biblical numerology keeps coming to mind. I'm seeing numbers. And I don't know if you're a numbers man, but I see like God is just unlocking just new formulas and new combinations. So right now, God, I just pray over my friend. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would impart, that you would restore and renew. I thank you, God, that what you have blessed, nothing can curse. Lord, as the song says, for a thousand generations. And God, I just pray right now that fruit, that life, that love would flow out of this man in Jesus' name. Hey, right now, we're going to do something and we're finished. I promise. 
I, I want everyone in this room to reach out to Transformations. Um, someone place your hand, Alex on Katie. Uh, this week we have Transformations Conference, Kingdom Conference. There's uh, 70 residents that, that are going to be in here that have made a decision that they're done with their old life and they want to walk in a life of leadership and victory, prosperity for the betterment of themselves and their families. So we're going to pray that these guys have a supernatural breakthrough. We know that Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night is going to be just Holy Ghost onslaught in here. So we're going to pray right now. Would you reach out? Come on, let's just start praying for them. Father, right now, we just thank you, Lord Jesus, that supernaturally, God, and only a way that you could do, that something fresh breaks off these guys' lives, Lord. And just the same as we did in the morning service over the young ladies, God, for the men that are coming down from Harvey Bay and wherever they're coming from the parts of Australia to embark and embrace on the kingdom principles, Lord, I pray that that you would release words, Lord Jesus. You would unlock family patterns, Lord Jesus. You would cut family lines, generational lines, that they would be men of valor, that they would be called kings, sons after your own heart. Father, I declare this morning, right now, supernaturally, that you would place a hedge of protection around every one of them, around their minds, around their actions, God, so that this week, in the next few days, they would walk into this conference, this moment, this divine time of encounter and appointment with you. Father, when they walk out, they're never to be the same again. God, I declare a fresh washing of the blood of Jesus over every one of your soldiers, over every one of your young disciples, God, that they aren't just merely in a place to get over addiction, that they are in leadership training for the kingdom of God. Father, I declare this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a huge round of applause.